Hi, I'm Morgan. Welcome to More Games. I wanted to do this podcast to inspire people to go after their dreams and have the lifestyle they've always wanted for themselves. So I hope you come on this journey with me to hear from people that inspire me to be better. I hope they do the same for you. Today we have my good friend, comedian Jason Collins on. This is my first ever episode of my podcast and I wanted somebody that I knew would make me feel comfortable and that was Jason. So I hope you enjoy. Are we live? We're live. Across the world. Are you Are you so excited? You're my first guest in my first podcast. Number one. Number one. It had to be. Number one. It had to be you, Jason. It had to be. It had to be. I miss you, man. I know. I miss you too. My goodness. Do you even live on Earth anymore? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing these days. Are you Are you surviving through the the quarantine and the pandemic and all that? Are you lonely? Yeah. You know what? I've got. You know what's funny? I thought about this the other day. It's been so long now that I've gone through so many stages that when I go back on like social media or just like scrolling through my videos and pictures, I feel like I've gone through so many stages of quarantine. Weird. Is it weird? It is so weird to think about um, when it like that it started in March. Was that seven months? Yeah, I went in March. I went. I started my time March 11th, 2:05 p.m. Like I, I got sick, and so I was training uh, on the 11th, and I got sick. And I don't maybe. I mean, I got tested, and it said no. It, it came back that I didn't, but I also got tested for the flu, and that came back negative. And I had something like fever, body aches, chills really sick had a cough for like two months my scientific guess is that you had cooties i think you're probably right (laughs) you got a case of the cooties probably got it from you (laughs) with a cootie monster (laughs) what about you i'm okay i i mean my last show was on my last stand-up show was february 28th I miss seeing you. Was I, was I at that show? Because I went to one of your shows in Venice right before COVID happened. Oh, no. That was just the week before, I think, at Underground Townhouse. Yeah, at Underground. Yeah. So yep. good. That was a long time ago. Fuck. Oh, my God. But, um, I miss I, seeing you. I miss stand-up because you know me. Since I was 18, that's when we met. When I was yep. eight, I'm 30. How old am I? 33. Almost 34. We met when I was 18, Jason. How old were you? You. Um, that, I was 35. You were 35? Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to be 50 in January. You don't look don't a day know. past 37. My kids are older than you were when I met you. That's nuts. James just turned 31. Oh. And Jonathan in January will be 26. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I remember you talking about them. They were so young, I felt like. Yeah, they were, what were they? 11 and like 15 when I first started doing stand-up. Where does the time go? I don't know. And now with this crap, it's even going by 
I want to do stand up so bad. No, but you do have your podcast that yep. I love. Um, so that's keeping you busy. Yep. The Lion's Den with me and Brent Morin. Brent Morin, also a very funny comedian and actor, producer, writer. Me and Brent, also, you know Brent. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think he's probably, we're probably going to get him on this podcast. Yeah, I hope so. I'll bribe him. <laughs> what are you going to bribe him with? He loves Sour Patch Kids. So maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just I'm gonna just send him a message of just sour patch kids and he'll be like, What do you want? There you go. There you go. But yeah, just me and Brent doing that podcast three days a week, which is keeping me sane. It's keeping that comedy muscle working because mm -hmm. we I'm sitting with another comedian, our producer, Will Burkhart. Um he's I also a comedian. I know everybody loves Will. Love Will. <laughs> um Will's I call him the white Drake. Um but uh he He's a comic. So you got three guys that are comedians and we get together three days a week because we record, we record two regular episodes that come out on Friday and Monday. And then we record a Patreon members only episode that comes out on Wednesdays. So we're, and we're doing video vlog, we're doing vlogs and all this other stuff. So keeping the comedy muscle worked out with those guys, it's been great. Like I, it, it's probably what's, been keeping me from just completely falling into depression mm -hmm. you know you've known me for 15 years now and you know how much i love stand-up yeah you I do mean, it almost every day and not being able to do it for almost seven months is just it's insane however i did two spots this week you did i went up for the first time in seven months i did a show a buddy of ours ahmed ahmed, ahmed. oh he, yeah. I was you know, on his. Uh, I was on one of his episodes of his Instagram lives. Yeah, yep. I remember. Ahmed did a show. He put on a show in in uh, Venice, an oh. outdoor social distance, masks, the whole nine. And I tell you, I was a mess. You were a mess. It was weird. It was so weird. I can't even my imagine that, Jason. You're one of the best stand-up comics. I don't just say oh, that yeah. because you're my friend. You're my one of my favorites. Thank you. Don't tell Chris Stalia this, but I think you're better. Yes. Sorry, Chris. E yeah. Elaine was even like, what are you doing to yourself, dude? Like, she was like, why are you? I had a migraine the day before. Mm -hmm. And I had, like, when I get anxiety really bad, I get, me and Brent call it anxiety belly. <laughs> where your stomach hurts, but it, like, it, it pops out, like, as if you ate a whole meal, but it's super hard. It's the weirdest thing. And I was, I was. Huh. I was eating Tums like candy, taking Advil the night before. I was like, I'm going to have the worst. It, it was bad. And it was because I was nervous, but I was, I was like, why am I so – I wasn't this nervous when I started stand-up. Like the, my first time ever doing stand-up, actually, I wasn't nervous at all. No. I walked – I like real cockily walked up on stage like, what's up? I'm a comic. Now, knowing, you know, after 15 years of doing it, this my first time back, I'm so nervous. And I'm like, why am I so nervous? And I realized what it is. It wasn't just the stand-up. It was the, it was the, um, the situation. It was like everything. It, it was the coronavirus. It was, is this a legal show? Which it turned out it was. I don't want to do anything illegal. Um, it was the social distancing and how's that going to go? It was the microphone because there's other comics on the show. I brought my own microphone. Which, yeah, talk about an awkward start to a set. So they announced me 
and Ahmed gives me this amazing intro. This guy's amazing. He's traveled all over the world. You love, and he goes, and you'll see why I had to have him on the show. So it's this build up. Uh-huh. And I go up and it's the most awkward beginning because it's I'm unplugging the microphone. I'm wiping it down with a wet, with a disinfectant wipe I had on me. I wiped the cord and I put it down. I'm sure you made a dad joke about that. And then I popped my mic in and it made a loud noise. Boom. <laughs> then I go to take off my mask. And I talked about this on this last, this last episode of my podcast. My mask gets hooked on my glasses right here. So whenever I go to take it off, I end up like this. <laughs> so now... It's the most awkward situation. So now I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. But I was able to survive it. I was, I was able to get past and make fun of myself, obviously, with the whole angry dad thing. And it ended up working. And there was probably 50 or more people in the audience, which is perfect. Yeah. But they were weird. They were like, are we, they, they were acting like they were doing something illegal. Like, are we even supposed to be here, you know? And of course, there was people in the audience that were virus deniers. That's not real. I'm like, okay. And um, what are you saying, sicko? Um, but uh, it, it got a little weird. But then I got into my groove and I had, a, I, I mean, I, I didn't have a horrible set. I didn't have a great set. I had a good set. I feel like that's natural, though, because yeah. everyone's, and with comedy, I, I'll never forget, um, you know, Jay Davis. Yep. He tried to make a show work after, because he did, that's kind of, in a way, how I got started in working at comedy so for those of you that don't don't know I used to do photography before I was a a personal trainer and then you and I Jay met um because had me yeah start taking photos of his show at Laugh Factory and then that led to getting jobs at other comedy clubs and um so I just got to know a ton of comics and then just stayed close to um a few like you so um so jay tried to have a show do you remember this at some sort of theater yeah do you remember how awkward that is because i truly i i think that stand-up has a lot to do with the room and how it's set up and how i say this all the time and i've done i've done the big arenas i've done all of that stand-up is best intimate Mm -hmm. best intimate in a small room uh, not a bunch of crazy lights, low ceiling. It's perfect. Yeah. But sometimes you get into these theaters where like people, I, I remember this other person was doing a show in a movie theater. Mm. And it was so weird because the ceiling's really high and the sound disappears. Mm-hmm. And like the laughter kind of dissipates immediately. So it's just so awkward. Mm-hmm. So awkward. Yeah, it's, it's bad. It, but then the next, the following night after the Venice show, I had another show in Long Beach at this outdoor amphitheater. And I'm thinking maybe 12 people were there. And half of them were comedians. Oh. It couldn't have been more fun. It was wildly more fun and better than the show I did. It was because I got the pressure one out of the way. And the next one was just fun. And, and and, And the place that it was at happened to be in a neighborhood I grew up in across the street from the high school I went to. So yeah. I had a lot, a lot to say about that, but yeah. And then, and I haven't done one and I haven't got, I think I'm doing something early October, but I don't remember where. That's and it's so crazy that they're not spread apart because you used to do stand up almost every day. If not every day, pretty much almost every day. I would skip a day. Maybe sometimes I tried to skip 
Sundays just to be home and chill and spend time with the family and like not be a stranger to them. But yeah, it was my, but my comedian buddies jokingly called me the spot King because that's, you know, we call our show spots. I'm doing a spot. Mm-hmm. And I literally was posting every day. got a spot here tonight doing this show tonight. I mean, I was doing sometimes two, three, four shows a night, mm-hmm. which is kind of unheard of in LA. That's a New York thing, obviously, but. Well, it's hard to get around in LA, but you yeah. jump from like Long Beach to, then you'll yeah. go to like Hollywood and then you'll come out to Venice and then you'll go back to Hollywood and you're like all over the place. I've killed several cars doing stand-up. <laughs> yeah. I've put a lot of miles on some cars doing stand-up. Yeah. But to go from that to just overnight nothing was crazy. And I had a lot of gigs booked. I had a lot of money gigs, booked, like gigs that were going to get me through the year booked that just went away. Yeah. How does that work? Um, they try to reschedule it. They, you know, luckily this, this, the, I was able to get unemployment when before it was hard to do as an independent contractor, it was really hard to do. And they did that for us for COVID relief. And that helped a lot. And then I, you know, just the podcast, I got a sponsor, I got Patreon members. And so, yeah, we're sponsored by Manscaped. Okay. (laughs) That's awesome. Manscaped is one of our, one of our, uh, one of our sponsors. We have a, our every Friday episode in the middle of the episode, there's a commercial where we talk about, about Manscaped. It's actually a really funny commercial. <laughs> they let us kind of do our thing. I love that. Yeah. So yeah. And then I got the, I got the nose trimmer one too. <laughs> you I have this like whole lawn mowing theme that they do. <laughs> like they call their main machine, they call it the lawnmower 3.0. Oh yeah. Well, I've heard <laughs> your commercials. Yeah. Yep. Well, the nose trimmer one, they call it a weed whacker. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sold. But, yeah, so it's, that's, that's kind of what's been getting me through is that. And then, you know, and then, and then we almost came back in July. Like, mm-hmm. we almost came back. Like, yeah. Brad Garrett, you know, Brad Garrett. Mm-hmm. He, I was scheduled to do a show there that got canceled because of COVID. And then he said, okay, we're back. We're going to have you back in July. But it was like all these rules. Cause I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it. Cause I'm, I'm worried about, I, I have a little bit of some respiratory issues. I was, I've had pneumonia twice as an adult, which is not safe. And then, you know, I was born with one undeveloped lung. So I got to be careful anyways. Wow. And that stuff is written that COVID-19 is respiratory. Right. So I wasn't sure how I wanted to, if I even wanted to, but then Brad Garrett, he's, you know, he's, he's so, he's, they're so professional over there and he's very much not a coronavirus denier. He's like, we got to do the right thing. We got to get this thing over. So they said, okay, we're going to do this. However, half capacity, everyone has to wear masks, no wives, girlfriends, or anybody in the green room, only comedians in the green room no meet and greet afterwards, no merchandise sales. And I was like, okay, I could do that. Literally to and from the hotel room and that's it. Which would have made for a very depressing gig (laughs) because the Vegas gig that I do is seven days. It's a seven day run. You would have been by yourself. Monday Monday through Sunday, every night. And it was literally like show, hotel room, show, hotel room. And it's just like, what? But, um, then then not being able to hang out afterwards yeah but 
the money was there, but now, but then they had to, then that one got canceled. Then it was like, sorry, we have to cancel that one now. And people are, people are prematurely doing like the comedy store just announced that they're bringing their best of the comedy store back. Oh. They pre-sold tickets, they sold out. And then the city cop canceled it. Yeah, that's a little premature. Like when they start opening up all these, I gotten when things started to open up there for a second, mm-hmm. I got invited to all these parties of bars reopening and stuff and restaurants. And I'm like, uh, I think it's a little premature. Like they went it, from it, zero to a hundred. Yeah, and that's why it keeps reclosing. Exactly. People aren't aren't thinking straight. Like, let's just Let's just do that thing. Let's just all do that thing that, there were, that we should do all together for 14 days. Let's just all do it at the same time. Yeah. Nobody wants to do it. And, and here's my thing. Even if you don't believe it's real, fine. How about let's just err on the side of caution? Because worst case scenario, if you're right, I'm silly. If I'm right, we're all going to die. Like, it, it's, like let's, it's okay if you're if you're right, that's a good thing. And that's what they don't understand. It's like, but just err on the side of caution. It's 14 days. Let's just all shut down, quarantine. Well, just to open up faster any, anyway, you know? Yeah. Like if that's what we have to do is shut down for a month. And then we would have been over this months ago. It's and people get so tripped out about that, but they're not thinking of guys like us. Like I've been shut down for seven months because no one will do it right. Well, and I'm, as a trainer, I'm, you know, timing is everything and i just feel uh gosh so so i left i was with equinox for six years and i left um like a year before this happened and so i if i still worked there like my poor friends that work at equinox they were so screwed and like all the trainers that work for gyms got super screwed and they're trying to like figure out what they're going to do. Do I quit? Do I take my clients private? They're trying to figure it out. Like Equinox is not cheap. So their clients that purchase $2,000 packages at Equinox to train, they're like, well, I don't want to spend more money to train with you privately. I just gave Equinox two grand and they're struggling. So luckily I left at a really good time where I was already kind of established yeah, loyal. Personally, loyal. yeah, and I had loyal clients that have stayed with me over Zoom. It's just, uh, it's scary for so many small businesses. You know, you remember my friend Aurelio. You and I and him did a comedy sketch together years ago. Oh my gosh, yes. He's a personal trainer, and oh, it, I didn't it, know that. it, it, yeah, he's he's been working for a while. It affected his business big time. Uh, yeah, it's been tough. And the thing is with the Zoom with you, where you're so lucky is that I could, it makes sense for you to be able to train somebody via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Stand-up comedy, doesn't it doesn't work. Well, over- you know what? Yes, I agree. However, I have a couple of, um, I, don't, you, I don't think you know them, but a couple of my friends at Equinox who are trainers are also uh, comedians. Mm-hmm. And they did a Zoom comedy show that I attended. They had everyone uh pay them like over uh venmo i think it was like five bucks for the show there was probably like 30 people on the zoom call and they just that nowhere comedy club no there's a couple of them chris just kind of like put it on just himself i think Mm -hmm. they're all just starting out you know and so they uh and they do like open mics and stuff 
And wow. so they did this, uh, this Zoom comedy show. And I thought, you know, me being in that world for so long, I'm like, this is going to be a disaster. It was actually a lot of fun. Now, the comic performing, were they like how I am now? Or were they on a stage? No, no, no. They were just sitting there (laughs) and they were just trying out jokes. Like they were just trying material they had been writing and and they were kind of playing off each other. So what they did was they had muted everybody in the audience and then all the comics had their mics on. So it wasn't just necessarily one of them going up and then mm-hmm. the next, like it was sort of like that, but they were kind of playing off each other and it just made it really funny. And you know how Zoom, when somebody's talking, it'll go to their screen and then it'll go to the next person. So it was going back and forth and it actually ended up working really well, but I also had very low expectations. So maybe that Yeah, was- I can't do it. It's not, it's not stand-up. It's not live comedy. No. And I've been asked to do a lot. There are a few people that are putting on these really interesting shows where it's actually a stage microphone and then they're surrounded by the screens like an audience in the round like almost like that movie minority report there's just all kinds of shit happening at the same time and that looks interesting but like i mean there's other all like other alternatives that people have been hitting like drive up drive-in shows oh yeah i don't want i don't want to be telling my doing my stand-up and then have because the way they're applauding is they're honking their horns and flashing their bright lights. I'm like, nah, I'll it's wait. It's so weird. It's so, it's so no, weird. And, I'm, and nothing against the people that are doing that. But it's, but yeah, it's just nothing is like a, just a normal stand-up show. Oh, like nothing's it. normal anymore. No, I just want to be, I just want to be normal again. I just want to be a normal person. <laughs> you know, so I was thinking when I, uh, decided to have you on as my first guest let's just say this again my first guest to my first podcast and what are we calling the podcast more gains with morgan get it i like that you like it more gains with morgan yeah so i thought it made sense because i um you know obviously the well maybe not obviously but the reason i wanted to do this podcast was to get people like you that really inspire me i see where you have come from i see how far you've you've come and so um it's inspiring to me and i want as a trainer i i try to be inspiring to people that want to get fit and healthy but i also um am huge into you know following your dreams and doing what you want to do maybe it's not the easiest road but it'll be worth it. And so I'd, I'd like to um, have people on like you to inspire others to go after what they want to do. So with that said, I thought I, I wanted you on because as as long as I've known you, I have no idea why you actually got into comedy. I know that you were into martial arts before and you had a family and you started a lot older than most comics, but I have no idea what got you into it, which is so weird. We never had that conversation. So um, I'd love to hear your story of like, I know you have a twin brother who I'm also very close to. And, um, and yeah, so I just, I have no idea though, how you guys grew up and what got you to where you are today. So, well, I grew up in the entertainment business kind of. Okay. So when I was, before I was born and in, in, in when I was very young, my father was in the music industry. Mm. My dad had a, he had a hit single 
in the 1970s and he toured it. He was on, he was on television, did American Bandstand with Dick Clark and all that stuff. And wow. Yeah. He, uh, actually you, do you listen or watch, you watch my podcast. Yeah. The theme song in the beginning. Yeah. That's my dad's hit. I get it okay. on my head. I don't know how. That's my I'm dad's single. I'm 71. Singer. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we got, so my dad's kind of involved in the podcast, but so I grew up there and I was, cause I always had the entertainment bug always but i was really pretty 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 insecure kid like shy and i knew that i had talent but i like i started off doing music like i was i was singing and producing music when i was a kid and then i ended up uh, i ended up getting a record deal to produce hip-hop music in like i think it was 90 1990 maybe 89 90 had, had a had a few little successes with that and then signed a bad contract and it went away and then i had my second son i had kids really young and um needed to put food on the table so at 21 years old i opened a martial arts school because i'd been studying martial arts all my life before that and my brother was a black belt my brother was already teaching at schools and my father had just gotten his black belt and so the three of us said let's my dad was unhappy at work and he wanted to do something else. And so we decided, he called, I worked at the company that my dad was vice president of. And I was, I was working in the production department and he was vice president of the company. And uh, hold on, I, they, they found me. Um, <laughs> I live down the street from a hospital. So every once in a while, the, uh, the ambulances. Mm -hmm. so he calls me into his office one day. He says, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And I go, what? I mean, he's vice president of a, like a Fortune 500 Inc. Wow. That he helped build from the ground up. And it was like my first real job and, and at his company. And I had just bought a car, you know. And uh, he says, I don't want to do this anymore. I go, what are you, what's going on? He said, well, they're laying people off today. This was at the company. I go, okay. And my, like, I, like I said, he was the VP of the company, but he wasn't the boss boss. He had a boss and then there was an owner. So he had like two bosses. He said, they're going to make me lay people off today. I go, really? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, and they are putting you at the top of that list. Like they're going to make me lay off my own son. Aww. I'm like, oh shit. And he goes, and he was literally like, F this place let's let's he goes you're a black belt you're you're winning competitions i got my black belt i got business experience right. brother's got amazing teaching experience let's open our own school and this is the kind of this is the kind of guy my dad was he said let's open our own school i'm telling you honestly 30 days to the day after that meeting in his office we had our grand opening of our martial arts school we we secured funding found a location built it and opened a school 30 days later. Oh my God. Yeah. So we had our grand opening of our school in 1992. And then I just did that. That's literally all I did. I, I, I built that school with my family. It kept, it got me cars, it got me a house. It got me everything I needed and wanted for my kids. And, but I was always in the back of my mind. I'm like, this is not what I want to do. This is, it was my dad's dream. Mm -hmm. I was helping him live his dream of having a family business and being in business with his sons. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And uh, then just, you know, at like 35, I opened at 21 
And then at 35 years old, at 35 years old, my body started like telling me, yo, stop competing, stop doing, because I was really into like heavily into full contact karate fighting. I was into MMA, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but my body was taking a beating and my kids were still young, you know, and I didn't want to not be able to hang with my kids. And I, and that, that entertainment bug in the back of my mind, like, I want to do this thing. Meanwhile, I met and became really good friends with a little known comedian named Joe Coy, mm-hmm. right? And Joe Coy and I met and became pretty good fast friends. Like we immediately became friends. Yeah. And, and I just started going with him to all of his shows. And before that, I had, I had already always taught with humor. I, I knew how to command a room full of people and keep their attention for an hour or more. And I did most of that with humor. Even though I'm teaching martial arts, I'm making them laugh. I'm making them have a good time. The kids that I used to teach are having a blast, but I'm able to still keep it disciplined. So I had that, I was working that muscle with commanding an audience, but I, but I, I loved standup. Like all growing up, like the big events in my house, like when the next George Carlin special was coming on, we would all get in front of the, it was like, it was like sports for some family. Right. Like, it was your passion. Yeah. Dad really loved stand-up. It was like the thing in my house. So then I got, then I became friends with an actual stand-up comedian, which I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Then I started hanging out with Joe Coy at all his shows. And, and I wanted to, and I told him, I want to do this. I really want to do this. And he's like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And around that time, uh, <laughs> my father had been diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he got diagnosed before, like, around I think I was around 31 but then he like went into remission for four like he he battled it for four years great like he actually it was great but then it came back and it was really it it was like one of those things were like he's not going to survive at this time and 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 meanwhile I'm telling Joe every time we're out I'm like man I really want to do this I really want to do this right and he's like yo you should you should and then he would introduce me to people like it was Jason Collins he's a martial arts instructor but he's like an aspiring comedian he wants to try comedy and you know when you're in comedy you look at those guys and go whatever yeah like okay sure you do you know because it's like you're either you either do it or you don't do it yeah you either do it full time or you don't do it right and uh one day Joe Coy had a show. He was headlining. No, he wasn't headlining. He was featuring for John Lovitz. Fraser Smith was hosting. Joe was featuring. Lovitz was headlining in Brea at the Improv in Brea. And he said, you want to go with me? And I was like, yeah. He goes, cool. I'll stop by and I'll pick you up. Now, mind you, at the time, my dad was dealing with cancer. So I was spending a lot of time at his house with him. And I told Joe, I go, if you don't mind... Cause he, cause he knew that where I, Long Beach was on the way to Brea from where he was. Mm-hmm. I said, can you pick me up at my dad's house? He's like, yeah, I'll pick you up at your dad's house. Just give me the address. And I'm like, all right, cool. So he shows up at my parents' house and my dad really wanted to meet him because being an ex entertainer, he loved meeting other successful entertainers. Yeah. So then Joe comes in and I'm getting ready. I go, hey, I'll be right there. I'm going to get ready. And then I left the room and Joe sat in the room with my dad and had a conversation with him that I, to this day, I don't know how the conversation went. All I know is that when we got in the car, Joe was serious. And he said, before we backed out of the driveway, he said, Jay, do you really want to do stand up? I said, yeah, dude, I tell you that all the time. Of course I want to do it. He goes, no, 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 no. Do you really want to do it? 
I was like, this is different. In my head, I go, yeah, I really, really want to do it. He says, and excuse my language, he says, then stop being such a pussy about it and do it. Or your father may not be able to see you do it. And that was like, I never thought of it that way. I'm telling you, the next day, I wrote, tried writing down jokes, which is not my, to this day, that's not my process. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really write anything, but I could think of funny things. So I said to my brother, I'm just going to wing it. I went to the Haha ha Cafe is where I met you. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, when you and I met, it was right around this time when this was happening. Like I was brand new. So I went to the haha and I asked for the owner of the, I didn't know how it worked. You have to understand, I didn't understand that there was an open mic system. I didn't understand any of that because my experience with comedy was hanging out with a headliner at like A-list clubs. Cause I, so I thought that was comedy. I thought like, I'm going to do jokes now. So let me go on at the laugh factory. That's how I thought it worked. Right. I didn't know any of the rules, but then Joe told me, you got to go to this place called the haha cafe. Mm-hmm. I go, okay. So I went asked for the owner. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's how it worked. Yeah. I think I need to talk to the owner and tell him I'm doing comedy here. So I asked for the owner and he comes out and he's like, can I help you? I go, yeah, I'm a friend of Joe Coy's and uh, John Lovitz and Fraser Smith. I dropped their names. He goes, oh, okay. I go, they told me to come here. He goes, oh, they told you to come here. I go, yeah. I go, I'm a comedian. Never did a comedy. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, you're a comedian. I go, yeah. Joe and John Lovitz and Fraser. Hold on. Told you right down the street from hospital. They're still searching for you. Yeah. I said those names told me to come here and that, that I could do comedy here. <laughs> this is how I got into comedy. And Jack goes, how long have you been doing stand-up? I said, five years. That's the number that came out of my mouth. Yeah. And if you know, you do know enough about it that a five-year comic is, he's got his act down. He's good. Yeah. A lot of times they're already featuring. Mm-hmm. So I said, I've been doing stand-up for five years really where i go ah you know down in orange county some places around here i bs bs yeah. yeah he said and joe coy told you i go yeah he goes all right come back tomorrow i'll put you on the show not the open mic not the weekday show actual. the saturday night show. so i show up the next day to the show and i walk in and i and this is so crazy i walk up and the guy at the podium checking comics in was Chris D'Elia. Oh, yeah. He's like, what's your, what's your name? I go, I'm, I'm Jason Collins. I think I'm on, your, on the show. He goes, oh, yeah, Jason. What's up, dude? I'm Chris. I'm like, how you doing, man? <laughs> and I'm like, good to meet you. And then we go inside, and then we ended up sitting together. Well, no, here's what happened. I end up walking in, and the guy running the show comes up. And he goes, are you Jason Collins? I go, yeah. He goes, okay, you're going on third, and you're doing 15 minutes. I'll light you at 12 minutes. I'm like, Okay. I have no idea what he's talking about. Light me? I did not know what that was. But I didn't want people to know I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I said, yeah, 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 that that thing that you said. Cool. And then I didn't know that 15-minute set is an awesome set. Most people, when they start, they're they're working on their three-minute, five-minute set at most. 15 minutes is a long time when you're up there. I didn't think that because... I've every day during the day, I'm teaching one hour plus classes and trying to keep hundreds and hundreds of people interested in what I'm doing for an hour. So 15 minutes is nothing to me. And I didn't write any jokes. So I'm like, I'm just going to wing it like I do at work. (laughs) 
So <laughs> the time comes for me to go on stage. They introduce me. I go up. I have a great set. I literally sat on the stool. I did crowd work. I did everything you do in comedy. I did that literally on my first set. Callbacks, you know, took the mic out of the mic stand, moved the mic stand like you're supposed to. Because you know, a lot of new comics, they leave the mic stand right in front of them. And, yeah. And, uh, and then I see the guy running the show. He's got his flip phone open and he's waving it at me. And I'm like, what the hell is he doing? I didn't know what that was, why he was doing that. I'm like, do I have a phone call? Like, what's happening? <laughs> then I realized, oh, that's what he meant by the light. My time's up. Time's so then I wrapped it up and I said goodnight and I got off stage in big applause. And then the host went, what do you think of Jason Clark? This is his first time here. And big applause. Jack comes up and he goes, come back tomorrow. You're on the show. It's amazing. During that, that doesn't happen, by the way. It never happens. It never happens. Don't think, anybody listening to this, don't think that that's how it's going to go for you. Because it never. ain't. Never. But while I was on stage, I hear this maniacal laugh. Just horribly loud, awful laugh. That almost sounds like a fake laugh and that they're, I'm being made fun of. Uh-huh. That was Chris D'Elia. Yeah. yeah. Dude, we all know his laugh. Holy shit. Yeah. And when I got off stage, he's like, oh, my God, dude, that was so funny, man. I go, he's like, how long have you been doing this? And I go, honestly, what time is it? He, goes, <laughs> he tells me the time. I go, 15 minutes is how long I've been doing this. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. He had only been doing it for like six months at the time. Mm-hmm. And then when he went on stage after me and then I was laughing in the back and then we hung out after, and that's how we became friends, friends and we did everything together. And Brent Morin showed up a few months later and joined the crew. And so, you yeah. know, what's so funny about this whole story is while you're, while you're telling the story of you at the same time, probably around the same time that that was happening, I completely lied to Jay about photography. So I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, so I like got into photography. I go to this interview with this photographer, uh, Michael Samville, that I wanted to work with. I want to intern with him. And on the way back from the meeting, I had a friend with me. It's my, I'm 18. It's my first time in Hollywood. Um, and we see this like line wrapped around the corner for, um, of uh, the Chinese theater. So mm. my friend's like, well, let's see what's going on. So we go up and, you know, I asked somebody like, what are you guys standing in line for? And they said the employee of the month premiere with Dane Cook and Jessica yeah. Simpson. So, um, you and know. Dax Shepard. Yes, and Dax Shepard. Mm-hmm. Love me, Dax Shepard. Has one of my um, favorite podcasts. Oh, my favorite. Yeah, other than yours, of course. <laughs> I, I love Dax, yeah. So, um, so we go ask the security guard. He's like, we have to have a ticket. And I'm like, I don't have a ticket. So he, he's like, all right, all right, all right, everyone, single file line. And he pushes my friend and I in the line, lets everyone in like a movie. He cuts off after my friend and I and says, I'm sorry, that's all the room we have. Thanks for showing up. And I felt, I couldn't even look at the person behind me. I felt so oh, guilty. Who but, probably bought a ticket, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. They got tickets. <laughs> I mean, I guess they were free, but you had to print them out and then just yeah. stand in line. So I get in, um, and then I see uh, Dane Cook. And I was a huge, he was big at the time, and I was a fan. Yeah. So I go up, and I, I talk to him. He couldn't care less. But Jay Davis was next to him, and he's like, you know, hi, he introduced me to Jay. 
Um, and he's like, so what do you, what brings you out to, to LA? You live here? I did. I lived in Hemet. I know. You know? <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, I live, I live here. Okay. What do you do? I'm a photographer. All these were lies. Oh, that's so good. Because I'm looking for a photographer. I have a stand-up show Tuesday nights at Laugh Factory. Well, and I need a photographer. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm your girl. Okay, you know how to take photos without a flash? Because we can't use, uh-huh. And I'm like, I have, I have no idea. I just slide through this whole thing. I go home. I'm asking people. I'm looking up online how to do it. I figure it out. And that Tuesday, I go back to uh, Laugh Factory and... And so I, I was doing that for a while, um, a couple real of months. Quick, real quick. Back then, the big thing for us comics, it was MySpace. And we wanted our profile picture to be us on stage with one of the big names behind us, Laugh Factory. Were you the one taking yeah. all those shots at Laugh Factory? Some of them, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Some, yeah. Chris had one first about all of us. And I remember Rusty Dooley's was, and they were all yeah. at Oh. Yeah, so I did Tuesday nights, and not every Tuesday night, but a lot of them, and he had, like, two other girls, I want to say, and so when one of us couldn't do it, the other one showed up, so I was one of them, and so I did that show, and then along the way, I started meeting other comics that were like, hey, you know, can you take my photo or my headshots or can you come to improv with me or the haha -ha. and so um so around that time i had met someone who had a local tv show called comedy report that they wanted to do and they said you know you're here all the time you know comics i really want you to host the show and then the guy gives me a list and says okay you're gonna interview eric schwartz and chris D'Elia. and i'm like okay like i have no idea who these people are <laughs> so i'm looking chris delia and he's like oh that's me i'm like oh okay uh so i'm gonna interview you and so we did this but the camera guy didn't show up he got something happened he ended up not coming so we just all like went to dinner at mel's after and hung out and uh and I became friends with them. And so then I think it was Chris that said, can you come to Ha Ha with me and take some photos of me on stage? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, sure. And then that's when I met you. So you guys were already friends at that point, but it was probably all at the same time. You remember the show? It was Phil Verone's show. Phil Verone, yes, I remember. I ended up in rock and roll. Yep, I remember. Show, because he was the drummer for Skid Row. Skid Row, yeah. Yep. 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 I and I did a lot of his photography for his events and stuff. Like it just is, it's crazy how it all kind of snowballed for me too, uh, off of a lie. Like one that. night, it was one night of me. Call it, instead of calling it a lie, let's call it a hustle. <laughs> okay, well, a hustle. So we both hustled mm -hmm. and kind of faked it till we made it, but it, it worked out really great. I think for both of us, my photography career was pretty crazy i mean i from there ended up it's just kind of like connections you know and so then i met someone that said you know playboy is looking for an event photographer so then i ended up working at playboy for a few years doing their event photography and um and then yeah like you and i did that um the what did you you were the uh what did we just talk about we did that skit the skit. Oh, the, yeah, the YouTube skit. Yeah, the sketch comedy thing. Yeah, yeah, and then that led to other things. And so it just, it's funny how it just kind of all. The difference, here's, here's what happened. And this is why you kept going. is because you kept showing up. 
-hmm. people don't do that. People, if the first time is hard or the second time is hard, they're like, okay, that's enough. I'm guilty of that in a lot of ways. Like I never got into skiing because the first time I ever skied, I wasn't good at it. So I never wanted to do it. You know what I mean? Right. But with this, it's literally like my dad used to tell people in martial arts when they would have a hard time at class and they weren't doing well. And they're like, what do I got to do? And my dad said, there's the secret to this is so simple. Just show up to your next class, Mm -hmm. show up. And that's what I did. I just showed up to the next show. And even if I wasn't on the show, the next night I was in the room, Mm -hmm. kept showing up. Right. Well, that's the thing too. And it became addicting to me because I'm from a small town. Not that I wanted to be an actor or anything like that. I just wanted to be in LA and I don't, I didn't know why. I just felt like I wanted to be. And so when I got this opportunity, um, I took it really seriously. And even though I lived in Hemet, which it would take me two hours one way. Yeah. And it didn't, yeah. it didn't uh, pay. It's not that photography out here paid that much working at these comedy clubs it barely paid for my gas money but i knew i needed to keep doing it and it would pay off and uh and it did and it was fun and i made a lot of friends and i still have today and it great experiences great life experiences mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it was just but it was it was just showing up even if i mean i had two jobs back in Hemet and then I'd come out every night and do photography and then go back to Hemet and I just and people thought I lived out here because I would I would hustle I, I totally thought you did yeah everyone thought I, I thought did. you lived where I was driving and I mean people always tell me dude how did you do that every night now I hear about you doing it <laughs> a four-hour trip to each way I mean my the longest I it would take me to get out there to do work it was probably like 45 minutes maybe an hour that's still, though, a commitment because you get comics that live out here that don't show up every night and they're 10 minutes away. Lazy. And then a lot of them want instant, instant success, that, right. which is social media has created that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. TikTok and Vine and things that happen in seconds has created right. this mentality of like, I'm going to be famous tomorrow. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I didn't come from that. I didn't come from that school at all. Like, it's like... I'm not famous now and it's been 15 years almost, you know, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm successful. Yeah. You know, I technically made it, you know, right. I don't have and you went on tour with, um, who was it? Russell Peters. I've, I've toured. i the first big tour I went on was with Carlos Mencia back in the day. Oh, okay. Then I toured for about seven years ago, about seven years ago. Now I toured with Chris D'Elia uh-huh. We did 30 cities in 30 days or something. We did like 28 cities in 30 days or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but we did a lot. Then I got on, then I went on tour with Russell Peters and that was like next level. That was like private jets, arenas, mm-hmm. talking like 10 to 15 to 17, 20,000 people in a show. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. That one. And then they invited me back to go overseas. We did Africa. We did India and we did the Middle East, which was, I mean, that experience was amazing. That felt like, oh, I made it because I'm not staying at a Motel 6. I'm not, uh, I'm not taking the train. I'm not in coach. I'm on a private jet. I got limo services. I got butlers in every place that I'm staying in. It was, it was incredible. 
Right. Yeah, but I technically mean it. I mean, I'm making a living doing what I love. Mm -hmm. I don't have to even think about or worry about getting a second job. And it's, so yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. And you're doing your podcast now where, I mean, with COVID, I know it's like kind of putting a hold on things, but you're still obviously like working where do you see the podcast going or you're like do you well, have any goals we're that you still huge goals we are still a very young podcast we're less than a year old um january 6th will be our one year hmm. so that's we've only been doing it since january we're only 67 episodes in mm-hmm. and i think we're 67 episodes and then like 20 something patreon episodes in so we're still a baby but we get we got, I mean, we have a second channel now, which is just clips. So you have the Lions Den with Brent Moore and Jason Collins, and then you have the Lions Den clips, and this is on YouTube. And like some of our, like one of our videos on our clip channel is like over 200 and something thousand views. Amazing. Like it's like 217 or something like that. And so we have a second clip channel where we can get more advertising. The, the goal is for the podcast to, make a living make me a living and when this is all over we will put together a lion's den tour and we'll tour that's the beautiful thing about all of us being stand-ups because we have our lineup right and dad says that and is really successful doing that brent and i will will switch off headlining then we'll do live podcast we'll do live Lion's Den podcast on the tour so that's the that's the goal merchandise is coming t-shirts hats all that crap but the goal is to keep this thing is to keep building it and like right now we're a baby we're a baby and you know and i like i said i'm just going to show up every day yeah. and that's, keep it. that's all it takes i just saw it not that i'm like a huge fan or not a fan but i just saw i think it was yesterday an interview with uh with um steve harvey and he was saying that like he lived in my in his car I lived in my car for a little bit when I first actually moved out to LA and they were asking him like when you think about where you came from living in your car and and how you got and he said just show up that's it when you think that you're at like the lowest of the low living in your car can't afford food whatever just show up that's all you have to do and I'm like yeah I mean I guess like that's what we've done it's just shown up. No, <laughs> like no one gave it to us. We went out and got it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I think that everybody has to have that mentality. Go get it. Right. Go get it. Wow. Go get it. I'm so proud of you. I love seeing, I love seeing all you boys of like how, of where you came from. And right. uh, you, I think, knew us, you knew us when we were nobody. Yeah. And I love it. I mean, not that I'm like super close to Chrissy anymore. When we see each other, like we're, we're friendly. But like staying close to you and Eric Schwartz and like, and even like Joe, I mean, like we would say hi all the time in passing and stuff. There's quite a few that I've just seen from um, even like Daniel Tosh, like just yeah. seeing you guys when you first started and right. no one really knowing who you are or where, and now just seeing how you guys have grown. Right. I love it. And it's just been awesome to see. I love it. You've seen us go from bringer shows to the marquee. <laughs> yeah. But you, yeah. 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 But you know what's, and, and getting your name on the wall. Like I just, I love going to comedy store and seeing your name on the wall. 
mine's in the perfect spot too, right? When you yeah. walk in. Oh, I remember when that happened. <laughs> Chris and Brent got their names on the wall like a year or two before I did. And theirs is like in the back. In the back, yeah. <laughs> and so right on the front. And I remember Chris calling me going, this is BS. I'm going to call and complain. Like joking, like, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good year. That I got my name on the Comedy Store wall the same year that I did Just for Last Montreal and the same in the same year I did BET Comic View and The Tonight Show. It was all in that same year. That's neat. 2013, yeah. That's a good year. Yep. Well, I know that from day one, I've always thought you were hilarious. And I, I, what's funny is I, there are some comics where I've seen them grow, where they might not have used to be super funny, and I've seen them really grow. And I'm like, oh, they've really grown in this. And I, you know, but... I will say that from day one, I thought you were hilarious and I still think you're hilarious. Where, where I've grown is dis, is being disciplined in the art. Like I showed up funny, which is half the battle anyways. Mm -hmm. but I wasn't very disciplined in my writing and there was certain things I wouldn't do that Joe Coy would point out to me. And that's where I've grown. I've gone really comfortable on stage. I mean, there was a time when I first started that I wouldn't look straight into the audience. I always either looked this way or this way. And I remember every time I would get off stage, Joe would go, what are you looking at? Look at the audience. <laughs> and I got more comfortable with that. And the, and the reason was, if you remember, when I first started stand-up, I didn't wear glasses. I was never in glasses. Oh, yeah. You know, you I'm going to dig up old photos. Yeah, I'm going to dig up old photos. Because I remember I have a photo of you and I think Phil and Chris and like Tom Papa. Ha -ha. Tom Papa was in that picture too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. But I, I notice I'm about 20 pounds heavier back then and I had no glasses. And and that's why I didn't look because I couldn't see him. And Joe was the one that said, Jason, wear your glasses on stage, dude. Wear your glasses. Trust me, wear your glasses. Yeah. And it made such a big difference. I could see everyone because a lot of comics don't like to see the audience. I like to see them. I want to see them and, and feel like we're hanging out together. Yeah. I, I couldn't see him. I was just like, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, I grew in a lot of ways. Yes. I, I still am. Well, now I'm a podcaster, so I don't even know what stand-up comedy is anymore. <laughs> you will. You will. Oh, well, I love it. And I love your podcast. And I'm just happy that. I love your podcast. So it, <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> I mean. Of course, you're the, the first and only episode so far, so. More gains with Morgan. More gains with Morgan. We got to get Brett on here. Yep. I'll talk to him. Okay. Tell him you got Sour Patch Kids waiting for him. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to send him a photo of Sour Patch Kids, see if he gets it. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I love you and I miss you. and I, hope I, you I miss you too. I love you. I'm honored to be the first guest. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. See you soon after all this is over. Alrighty. Or maybe we'll go for a socially distanced lunch. That sounds good.